Hey guys, how you living? You doing well? Good. Glad to hear that. So in this episode, my buddy Tommy Tipton stopped by and we talked about music and hair. He's doing. He's a hairstylist now. He's been doing that for a while. Uh, fantastic drummer. We talked about artists and Myrtle Beach area venues and the lack of original venues in the area and all sorts of different things and uh, regarding session guys and studio musicians in Nashville and we ended off the conversation with talking shit about modern country and how it's not what it used to be and all of this nonsense and uh, it was a good episode we had a good time it was a good talk and I'm excited that you guys get to hear it. Um, the things that he, he gave a few things to listen to. He was very adamant about Brian Jonestown Massacre. I said he could name three things to watch, three things to listen to. He says Brian Jonestown Massacre. Listen to any album by the Brian's Jon- Brian Jonestown Massacre. He's also, during the episode, we're waiting for somebody to jump up and grab the baton to carry the uh, punk rock, so to speak, into the into the new age, and by punk rock, we're not necessarily meaning, or I don't, I don't think personally that we're we're meaning exactly punk rock, but just the you know buck the system, the down down with the man uh, style of living or acting or playing, if you will, playing music. So there's that. So before I I speak any more nonsense that that really doesn't make any sense or matter, I'm just going to let you get to the episode. Me and Brother Tommy talked for about an hour and 45 minutes, and uh, he's playing tonight at Dead Dog Saloon with the Winchesters, and uh, Cam and Gentry from... uh, from one of our, I think, episode 50, is that right? Episode, Yeah, the last episode, maybe. Was it episode 50? I think so. Anyway, Cam and Gentry are fronting this Winchester's band that you guys have heard me talk about. So, yeah, Tom's playing with them tonight, Dead Dog. If you hear this before the 7 o'clock hour on Sunday, the, is it 12th, I think, get on down to Dead Dog because they'll be playing until 1030. So, do that. Anywho, that's all I got for you. Listen to Brian Jonestown Massacre. Recycle your plastics. Be good to animals. Tommy said be good to animals. That was stuck in my head. Be good to animals. They can't. They don't know what they're doing. They can't help it. All right. That's all I got for you. Enjoy. Without further ado, here is My Stuff, episode number 51, featuring Tommy Tipton. Enjoy, motherfuckers. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We have Brother Tommy Tipton in the house. Uh, Finally. Man, I appreciate you uh, uh, listening for one and two for getting up with me because I'm so horrible about, like, (laughs) setting these things up, kind of. But I'm glad you you, you texted me, man. That was cool. I thought, you know, I mean, I'm playing the dead dog. Yeah. I'm just going to be right here in the neighborhood, man. I was like, I want to go see what that's all about. Your little rant and raving with Kelsey. (laughs) Indeed, man. There's a little rant and raving going on all over the world. So uh, what's your view on that, all the ranting and raving in the world? Uh, I 
Test one, two. Is this thing hot? <laughs> yeah. Is this thing on? Of course it is. Yeah. What? What's uh, my major qualm? Our people are not being real with themselves or the people that are closest to them. And that is causing a huge disturbance in the chi, for lack of a better word, of the world. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about people in their in their actions? I could not agree more. I said something the other day. I mean, people are just hotter a little. The tempers are flaring. I mean, I've seen, had my mind blown in, in any age group. I yeah. mean, not just 20-something-year-old Broadway the Beach. I mean, your grandpas, you know. Oh, yeah. Just getting pissed at people, you know. Absolutely. Like, there's a lot of tension in the world, for sure. You know, A lot I mean, of tension. Either side, I'm not even going to do all that. But, I mean, but it's people are... And you wonder if social media has been a part of that, mm-hmm. that people are got the nerve to go more outspoken. I mean, you might type something a couple of times, and then all of a sudden it gives you the nerve to say it. Now, yeah. Well, I've been, you know, when you're in line at yep. Costco, you know. and Exactly. Well, and, and another thing is just like we were saying before, for the audio people who are not, uh, who are not checking out the YouTube feed, and, and if you are not checking out the YouTube feed, you're missing out on content because there are things there that you're not getting from audio. So, but, but yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so like we were talking about uh, the the whole world, and, and listeners have heard me say this before that uh, MySpace, the MySpace generation. Mm totally is running the game right now because we we were trained we took facebook 101 that's right we weren't just that's what myspace was was facebook 101 i agree i I miss myspace miss it let's take a moment for myspace okay but you know (laughs) that was enough it was music and artist geared it was so easy to do a website i mean i got gigs through myspace you You had five songs you could upload to your page Mm -hmm. like somebody goes to your page and there's and 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 uh, a lot of people are uh, i saw this thing going through twitter was like i wish somebody could just come to my twitter page and it will play one song that i like and somebody commented like we finally reached a generation that doesn't remember what myspace was exactly you yeah. could click on myspace and you had songs there and you could choose your own but I, but if you were a, a, a musician you could post your own music to your page and that was a platform for you yes yes exactly you know and i mean it was it was your pro, it was your epk you know yeah, it was exactly. your myspace but, your press or, kit you know, yeah, yeah exactly Oh, those, those were the, the days. days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, this is going to be a great episode. Oh my goodness. So, speaking of speaking of which, you're you're uh me me and Tommy to catch you guys up on this. We played together I think only once at the uh, 40 50 years ago. Yeah, at least <laughs> at least, you know, it was way it was way before uh Frodo got the ring. <laughs> you know, um but we yeah way before MySpace. But we we played at the Crooked Floor, and that was a uh, we we didn't we didn't practice. I don't think, and and I love that. Who needs practice? Just yeah, overrated. Well, exactly, practice is overrated because you know what? You're gonna screw up anyway. Yeah, exactly. What I'm the saying Mark Chesnow used to say is like practice. Uh, practice makes permanent. Practice does not make perfection, you know. But it's like you you practice it over and over, and then it's permanent. And then when you have to change something at the last minute, you yeah. go outside of the box and jam. You're so programmed to those. It's got to change on the floor. You know? Exactly. And I mean, I, I have so much respect for the orchestral side of music, but for the for they play for them to play something the same exact way every single time would drive me up a wall. 
It's hard. I, I, I just could not do the same thing every single time, like the same exact way. That would just drive me nuts. And I, I, I say this in cornbread all the time. There was a, we got in an argument on cornbread podcast. We uh, cornbread has a podcast too, by the way. It's, uh, but we, we got an argument on that about like Smitty was saying, uh, uh, he wanted to, Oh, we, we practiced, we, we got a set list together for the grateful dog or whatever, the grateful dead thing that we did in Florence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he was I was like, yeah, well, that, that only works for certain gigs when you know what your audience is going to be. And I'm a totally a, a, a pro, what, what do you call it? A, a, I'm so for not planning at all and just winging it because I think yeah. that that's the, the human element in music that makes it so great. And, and I, I don't know. It, it would drive me crazy if I had to do the same exact thing every time. Yeah, it's, and it's good. To, I like to throw myself into the fire sometimes, you know, sink or swim and go outside of your comfort zone and then kind of conquer it. And then you're, you know, I mean, I can remember having phobias about acts that would be coming up at Legends when I was there. You know, and you'd be biting your nails two months because you know this crazy music orchestra, Liberace, yeah. Bobby Darren stuff is coming. And you're like... You know, but then you learn it, you get it down, they're happy, and you're hitting all those really intricate parts that used to freak you out when you got the first yeah. listen to it. You know, like, oh, shit, you know, this is going to be hard. You know? And nine times out of ten, things sound a lot harder than they actually are. Always, you know, and and it's sometimes very simple to get a very intricate sounding thing. And Absolutely. Like, well, there's nothing to that. And it sounds put in the right context and arranged. It's exactly. Cool. And that stuff needed to be played the same every night. Those, yeah, yeah. those kind of people wait on that one hit so they can spin and do yeah. a hip thing with it, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and I totally understand that. And I have nothing but respect for that. Cause I, it is hard. It, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's night after night, you're like, you know, looking for anything for inspiration. You know, you, you pick one person out of the, theater every night so you're like okay i have the attention of one where i can play to them all night and just you need yeah. that you need that feedback to perform you know? and for those who are not musicians we 100 percent do that we will pick one person who's really digging what we've got going on and even if it's the sound guy it has to be <laughs> one person um a lot of times it is yeah exactly <laughs> the one and only <laughs> i heard a story i heard a story about uh i was listening to some podcast can't remember who it was but uh was talking about this one guy who fired, who had, who had, who was playing to an empty room. He fired one of his horn players in the middle of a gig and made him sit in the crowd. So he'd have somebody to play to oh, imagine how awkward that wow. is was in the, bus. the drummer on that by any chance. Or no? <laughs> <laughs> it was about 50 years ago. Yeah, it, I could, it sounds kind of buddy Richish. <laughs> you know, you ever listen to that stuff, man, him on the bus, those audio tapes. No. Nah. Oh man. He, he was, you know what? It might've been buddy Rich. That sounds oh, like man. something he would. If you heard these tapes and the folklore that exists, all the urban legends, yeah, he urban was into himself. Yeah, he he would remember. Rightfully so, though. I mean, oh, yeah. Huh? Very fast left hand, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that 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 does sound very much like him. But uh, so back to the back back to the Myrtle Rewide Beach it. folklore. <laughs> so I have said. Uh, in many podcasts lately that I, well, actually in one recent one for sure that I did a gig in which I got to do everything that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the, the crowd requested everything that I wanted to play. Right. 
And in the Myrtle Beach area, there's not a whole lot of and there's not a whole lot of room to do what you want to do. Most mostly due to the clientele and and you have the folks who come down here to vacation and they want to hear their Jimmy Buffett because they're at the beach. Mm, and Jimmy uh, Buffet, Jimmy Buffet, yeah, exactly, Captain Benjamin's Buffett. And uh, I, I want to I want to give them that because of. Because one, I, I'm I, I sort of lean on the tip jar filling up, and right. two, yeah. I I want to get called back, and right. you know that that's that's just a weird, and I know that that's not like a healthy thing for a musician, mm-hmm. but, but it's the music business. But it's the business, and that's that's what not a lot of people get. Like uh, you have done really really well at sticking to your own. And, and really? I, I, does it I, appear that way on the outside? Sometimes I don't know. Like, what am I doing wrong? Oh my god! <laughs> no, well, I mean, and, and what I say is that there's a, there's a few people who I know. Me and me and Chip Harrelson, who, who oh, yeah, I, yeah, I told yeah. Chip I'm going to come down there a little later too to to, to see you guys for a bit. Uh, but by the way, we're live right now on YouTube. Dead Dog tonight at seven o'clock. Winchester's Tommy Chip Gentry Cam mm-hmm. George this Davis. Is, this is going to be. Some kind of fun. A monstrous gig is is going down tonight. I've missed the train beats too, man. Playing the '80s new wave. Not a lot of train beats in '80s synth pop. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> you know what's funny is we listen to a lot of synth pop on the way, like Thompson Twins on my home pop, last night, and oh, some man. big country. I love that stuff. Uh, yeah, I love it, man. I, it, it it's the or. Uh, I even shared it on Facebook today. Talking Heads, this will be the place. Mm-hmm. The Seth yes. King. Um, but anyway, beside the point, I was talking to Porkchop last night on the way to he played with us in Montreux in Somerville. Ah, I love and, that uh, place. Yeah, it's a great That's gig. A good one. And, we, and it was Saturday night. We got to play outside. Usually oh, yeah, they yeah. put you inside yeah. and everybody's outside. Right, right. Well, they put us outside last night, and that was yeah, really, really cool. back in there. Yep. Yeah, I love that, man. That's it's awesome. Good. But I told him that there are a few. I told him you were coming, and I, I was comparing you to Brian Jordan, hmm. who you guys have have like literally got gotten it to where you do what you. I feel maybe from the outside, this is this is what I see. Like you do what <laughs> you want to do, and it's like you you are you've created that. You've created that within your within your art to where you can do what you want to do, and it's like, for instance, I don't see I, if you were a guitar player, I would see you saying absolutely not to Tennessee whiskey. Now I love country guitar playing like crazy. Though. Yeah, you know, I mean that's. I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's more I'm into than people think really you know I mean I went through a whole country phase I oh, went through yeah, a whole you yeah. know and I'm not and I'm not speaking on the on the the country aspect no, at no, all no, of no, it, yeah, right right um um what was your question again? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I was just like, you, it seems like you, it seems like you, uh, you've put yourself in a position where you get to, you control your own destiny, basically. I try to, man. You know, picky. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I made some rules to myself a long time ago, and I, said, I just am not going to do that anymore. I can't. I felt. What like, was you know, the breaking point for that? I, you know, a lot changed inside, and I don't mean this. It, I mean, I love those people, some of the best musicians I've ever played with. But that Legends gig was hard. It was such a. It changed my whole 
insides wiring yeah. there for music for a long time. I actually kind of had to kind of break free of some of the stuff that I had developed there, you know, almost institutionalized to play in that kind of setting. Yeah, mechanic. You know, mechanical, same every night. You're behind plexiglass. It's like, don't draw too much attention. Yeah. And that was one thing, you know, like one of the actors was like, well, the people are talking. He was, I was being back there too animated, you know, went into it at first, kind of this Keith Moon, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, being the show, you know, and, and it was like, oh, you kind of need to, Lay back a little bit, play a little yeah. softer, you know. So I started really just like, and they're like, "Yeah, that's that's what we want," you know. And it, it's there's no fun in that. Just you know, and I mean, but that's what it is. That's what that gig is. And if you're going to get the salary gig, you know, and and do the six night a week, nine yeah. show a week grind and get the paycheck every week, you know, with the yeah. And I did for years, you know, four years almost, you know, three <sighs> three years some change, and I, that's I wild. I could, but. It was killing. It was killing my love for music. You know, I was like coming home at night, almost kind of depressed about things because I could just. You know, it was probably that I wasn't branching out, and I felt like I was just kind of stifled a little bit. You know? Yeah, that's the thing that I've been struggling with lately too, man. Is like I just I get so bored because even even though like we don't do it, we never in cornbread we never do the the same song or the song a song the same way twice. Right, ever. right, yeah, and uh, it's. It's it's just even though that it, the set list really ah that's not entirely true. There's still like I, I would say forty percent of the songs that we do set list to set list maybe that'll that'll stay on for about five or six shows at a time. But then I'll just be like I'll veto it if it comes up, and I'm like yeah let's not do that. We right, need to, yeah. we need to keep it fresh. But I'll I'll do the same thing, man. I'll come home and I'm just like man. Was that was that fun or did we just get through it? Right. Like, yeah. did, was that was that fun, or or was I or was I just on autopilot and now I'm now I'm back here? Like, what I love to do is become something that is making me feel this way, and I'm not sure if that's what I. That's not why I got into this thing. You know, I wanted to do something that I love to do, and if anything ever robs you of that. You know, it's it's probably best to get away from that. I applaud you for that. Like that, that's a really good thing to I do. I mean, that's what sent me right into hair school. You know, I mean, I came out of that and I said, I now have played drums six yeah. nights a week and missed birthday parties and turned around and my daughter was three years older. I was like, I started that gig and then all of a sudden I went, Phew, and she was three years older. You know, that fast. You know, and I was yeah. Like, Where did everything go? You know, and and uh, that pushed me. I mean, I went right back to school. And then informed of a Velvet Underground tribute band that was really awesome. Man, I was, that broke God me bless out. Of, Lou Reed. God, man, I have a moment there for Lou Reed and Velvet Underground and Andy Warhol too. I'm telling you, man. God bless Lou Reed. But but uh, and uh, so you do did the hair thing, yeah. and that's that's your. Would you call that your number one? It's 50-50. I mean, you know what's really funny about this is hair will take an inhale and the (laughs) – you'll like this. (laughs) (laughs) Hair will take an inhale and music will take an exhale, and then it sort of ebbs and flows. That's a really good description. That's a good analogy. Hmm. How do you, now, you were saying earlier before we started recording of the similarities between the two. Oh, my God. Okay. Gonna go down that road for a bit. <laughs> you know, they're both self employed, really, and just, just running a business and building a business and building that business off of following and return business and keeping people happy and staying up on trends. I could oh, be yeah. talking about the music business or the hair business right now, you know, and and uh it's 
keeping people interested and coming back when they have so many options now too. I mean, there's a hair. I used to say, man, there's a hair salon on every corner. Now it's more like there's three hair salons on every corner. Yeah. Uh, between a barbershop, a hair salon, and a great clips, you know, and so it's people. People get pissed at this. I, I had one hair out of place. I'm, that's that's it. I'm going somewhere else. You know. You know. I mean, that's ridiculous. Kind of. I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but only a little bit because yeah, I have yeah. seen people kind of lose it over like. Because there's so many options. Well, my girlfriend does hair. So and so's friend. Everybody does hair. You know, I mean, for every for every real estate agent I meet, <laughs> there's a lot of real estate agents. Dude, everybody does real estate. A dozen. <laughs> a dozen per like. Yeah, I, I, I have. And not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I, on my Facebook feed, it's like every single week, I'm like, dude, this is 12 more people than last week that just got Looking the real estate. house? And, and, and granted, I love all these people, but I'm like, shit, man, like, I'm, I've been in this apartment for a while. I'm going to be on, you know, buying a house soon. Who do I go to? I got a Facebook I mean, list full of people, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, same thing. To I mean, I would, now, you know, you get ready to buy a house. Who who are you going to go to and not piss off everybody else? Yeah. The same with hair. I mean, I've got great friends that are fantastic hair stylists, you know, and we're all got similar friends. You know, yeah. the same friends. I'm like, who are you going to go to, you know? And you're like, so it's. Yeah. It's just really funny. That's real similar, too. You know, I mean, you're fighting for Friday night gig, you know, but you're just fighting for, you know, yep. to keep something special to keep people coming to you. you exactly. Know? Now, now I, in music, you see a lot of the older generation of uh, of music coming back. Mm-hmm. Does that happen in hair? Do you see any hair trends from old come oh, back at hell all? Yeah, man. Right? Really? Yes. I mean, it is. It is funny. There are hairstyles that never went out of style. You know, the bobs on, yeah. on girls and that kind of stuff. But they change a little bit and get a little more dramatic or a little more of this textured or whatever. Yeah. You know, but they stay the basic cuts. You know, all, all roads leave it out. And I know nothing about this world. <laughs> no. Obviously, I'm not a hair. No, I, don't do I mean, the, it's, you asked the for the similarities, cuts. though, and I mean, I can talk about it almost yeah. like it's interchanging with music. You know, I mean, well, that's that's interesting to me because I do understand that. Yeah. And, and, and I, mean, I, I, I am interested in this. But because, you groom. I mean, you wear a big beard. You don't just if you let it go and didn't trim around there. I mean, yeah. so you, you, I mean, every now and again, I like group it up and just cut the bottom <laughs> off. You know, just. <laughs> Just, just, just for for safety's sake. <laughs> for the yeah, there's certain things that are not fun to eat, you know, like wings yeah. or spaghetti. It's not, you know, when you're slurping up spaghetti, it's like you, you kind of have to do this, and you get this on the back of your hand. But that's that's a no. That's another podcast. <laughs> But but yeah, so like uh, these good products for that man. Actually, you know, we could talk after the. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I'm down with that. I uh, well, for a second before we, before we move further on, now that now that this door is open, I I have this uh, this like cinnamon oil that we got from some like handmade market in Boone or Adams Adams Ashley. You know Ashley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ashley got me. Uh, or got me some some sort of like beard oil thing that you like put on your skin and then comb through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that works pretty well. I haven't done it yet today, so don't judge me. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's, it, that thing works. Th- those things work pretty good. And I didn't realize that. You know, when I see everybody with beards, and and for the longest time, you know, once you realize, oh shit, well I'm growing my hair out, I guess I better use conditioner. Yeah, like you yeah. have to do the same oh, man, thing yeah. for your beard. And I, I I do a beard wash, argan oil, and yeah. uh, okay, so see, yeah, washing man. conditioner. And so yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've gotten. See, you're doing cosmetology right there. You didn't realize it, man. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
yeah. Halfway really, there. You could almost work at a Supercuts or something, I imagine. I mean, listen. Now, I, I, okay, you saying Supercuts. I'm sorry. I'm no, 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 joking. No, 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 no. you were saying Supercuts while I go in it. I had this thought. Are Supercuts and great clips and sports clips, how, what, are, what are your – and I have friends who, who also work there as well. You know, I, you know I, and I came out of school and went right to those places and interviewed and f- to find out what they're all about. I didn't know. But, yeah. I mean, but probably the easiest way to put it is they are sort of – they're your chain, so they're sort of the Walmarts. and. The, yeah. Dollar generals and the, and that because you can go in there and I only say that because of the cost. I mean, yeah, you can yeah, exactly. Clips and get a eight dollar haircut, you know. In the salon yeah. I work at, they're fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah, you know. And I mean, it's just the difference, quantity, quality. You know, those places churn and burn. I mean, you get paid depending on how many haircuts you do an hour. Yeah, so you're just like, you know. And and I like to take. I think a good haircut takes an hour. You know, to, by the time you shampoo, style, give them a, you know, do all that. I like to spend an hour with yeah. You take my time hands with women's hair, you know. It's a pretty pretty fun little gig. Roll tide. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. But it, it uh, I if you and I uh, cut men too, though. I mean, I do want clipper fades and all that. So they're yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and just just being able to take the time to do to do something to build like rapport with these customers and and keep them coming back obviously right. it's like you build your your clientele i have a one of my cousins has done hair all of my life and he had you know he could go he could move from salon to salon and his clients would move with him that is this and yeah. that's a you build build it up. But you've got to build it up and have solid. I mean, if you start hopping around too early, and I think, you know, I did out of school. You know, I was trying a bunch of different places. I, yeah. mean, I did a few months at a classic traditional barber shop, you know, and then I worked at, you know, the other places where I was more or less an assistant, you know, just kind of getting my way. You came right out of school. Yeah. You know, you don't go right to the first brain surgery, you know, right out of. You know, so. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, and I'm coming up on four years now. So I'm kind of at that place. God, has it been four years? Yeah, I'm coming up on that, man. Look at time. I have no concept of time whatsoever. It's just fast. I think it's faster now. The world's speeding up. We don't realize well, it. Well, I, the theory on that is that, you know, when you're five, a year lasts forever because it's one-fifth of your life. Mm-hmm. When you're 30, it's one-thirtieth of your life. So it is mathematically shorter <laughs> right, according yeah. to your perception. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> But we're not going there. It's spinning faster. But seriously, we, we, uh, we, I, lose, I will lose years of time and not even think about it. Like it feels like I've been, I've been living here for almost six or seven years now, and it feels somewhere around the neighborhood of two, if yeah. that. And I just I, – I, I have no concept of time. I, I totally know exactly what you're saying, though. I mean, it, it does feel, yeah, you know, like a compact in a smaller spot, you know, but yeah. there's a lot of years in there. It's kind of weird. 30, 30 minutes and three hours are very, very close to the same thing <laughs> in, in my head. Like, I'll get done with a gig and I'll look at a clock and I'll be like, really? Or I'll look at, or I'll get done with a gig in my head and look at my clock and it's been 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, that's those are the bad ones. Yeah, those are the bad ones. What's the worst gig you've ever had? Oh man, that's a random question. Holy I'm sorry. Holy. I just just what one like really stands out? I, you know, probably recent recently back in probably 2008. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like what we were just talking about. I mean, that doesn't sound to when I think back, I mean, that doesn't seem that long like ago. Like yesterday. You know, but it, that was I started I'd started in Legends in 2011, you know, and that's does seem a long time ago. So it's weird. Yeah, wow, it does. But uh is it bad stomach bucket behind the stage, puking oh, in between man. songs, the show must go on. I mean, that would be the worst. Oh no. And I I still think it was one of those cold coffee drinks. You know, earlier in the day I had, and it was summertime gig, and the I Starbucks chugged gotcha. one of those Starbucks things and oh, the cream man. in it or something. And, oh, man. bad. Dude, I worked at Starbucks for ever. Did, did you? Yeah, that was what I was doing when I when I first joined Cornbread, or, or when we first started Cornbread, rather. I, uh, yeah, I, I opened the one in North Myrtle Beach, the, the drive-thru. Right, the yeah, drive -thru yeah. Store wow, there. okay, yeah. Me and uh, well, I, I personally didn't open it, but but me and uh, yourself? my crew, yeah, I was I was <laughs> I, amongst I the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cut the ribbon. I uh, me and uh, me and a crew of about six or seven other people were the first crew that worked at that Starbucks, wow. and I I worked there for probably three and a half years, and then came to the one in Litchfield at uh, yeah, you were over there, that Litchfield would, by the Sea. Yeah, the one no one knows about. Yeah, the one no one knows about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they I, do now, but I mean, for the longest yeah. time, it was like hidden over there. And yeah, I couldn't couldn't believe it. I was there for I was there for a long time, but yeah, those there's certain smells. If I get that certain smell, I think about work, and I'm like, ah, really don't yeah don't oh, want yeah. that. I hate work. I hate work. That's why I do what I do. Because work sucks. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> well, and, and and like once again, go back to you know controlling your own destiny. Mm -hmm. Pretty much like you're, you're talking about working for yourself, and yeah. that's that's one hundred percent what you're doing. As long as you're the one to answer to in your oh, own yeah. in your own thing, I'm. I could deal with that. I could live with that. It's the same musician, you know. I mean, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. But you'll also you'll do those little sacrifices and you'll take those punches or whatever those or grind it out where you yeah. wouldn't want to grind out if, if you worked at Home Depot or something. But exactly. you grind it out in that crowd of two people, yeah, you know, and get to the end of the gig. And because at least a, a, a shitty day of this is better than a good day of that, right? You know? And yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So we. And I have to I have to uh, uh, ask you about this. The uh, yeah right. Oh no! I have to ask you about this. So I have I have seen. I love your Facebook posts. Oh no! <laughs> I love them because you hold zero punches. I just play around, man. There's really a lot is that of what it is? a lot of it's tongue in cheek. Though I, I read it back sometimes, and I'm like, oh fuck, that does kind of sound bad. See, because I, I, I do the same thing. Like I post, I, I will post 100% tongue in cheek. Like I, I, I will post yeah, articles. I might get a little per, you know. I might get if something's some really, blowback. Yeah, I mean, now if something really is fucked up going on there, man. I mean, the little yeah. punk rocker in me will still say. There's an elephant in the corner of the room. You know, come on, don't you see it? It's exactly. Right over there, you know, we need that. Something? No, 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 no. This is <laughs> no. Nah, we we need that. Like we need the person to say, "Hey, this is not right. Nobody's talking about it." Yeah. So I will do that. No, yeah. I mean, or, or throw my, you know, throw your two and a half cents in. Yeah. You know, which is only really worth about half a cent by today's inflation. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By t yeah. There's nothing, nothing anymore. No, but, but any stand out in your mind that you want to? <laughs> no, I, I, I just, 
I, I remember I remember when I don't know how long ago it's been, obviously because of the concept of time, but I remember right. one when you ripped Myrtle Beach a new asshole oh. for for the for just the music industry that it had created. And I one hundred percent I, I agree with that 100%. Like it, the Myrtle Beach music industry has sort of created its own monster. It's really a shame what's going on up there. If you compare it and you were here and saw what went on up there, you know it can happen. It's already happened there. I mean, some of the best music, when the whole explosion happened, the Hootie explosion in the Southeast, yeah. and there were yep. record label people swarming around, you know. Yeah. And the drag and, you know, squirrel almost. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, it could have happened for those guys, you know what I mean? But this was a steaming volcano of music, you know, from Charleston, Columbia, yep. Myrtle Beach, the whole, a lot of it, you know, okay, the scene dies, things change, the record industry, interweb, you know. Yes, the internet killed all of that. And, but, so it did. But the spirit, you know, that underground, yes. I mean, do you think... The Talking Heads and Joey Ramon and all that were really worried. I mean, they've stumbled into CBGBs by accident, and they let them start doing shows there. And then, do you know what CBGB stands for? Country Bluegrass, Country Bluegrass Blues, and oh man, I have to write. Okay, it down. no, I was just I've always country wondered. Blue, country Blues, Bluegrass, CBGB. Okay, Country Blues, Bluegrass. Okay, Country Bluegrass and Blues. That's it, CBGB. Okay. <laughs> oh man, damn CBGB. Could you okay, spell okay. Out, please? <laughs> Got it. Okay. I've always wondered. I didn't mean to cut your thought off. I'm sorry. There, because there's Omfog too, and other music and flybergasters or something. I mean, there's something really funny like that. Okay. Foyden Meisters. Always wondered. I always see Foyden the shirt. Meisters. What does that mean? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like uh, those guys stumbling in there, like just randomly. Yeah, I mean, it was. Hillary or whatever. There's a movie about it, and it's like a made for you know Hollywood movie, but it yeah. does kind of tell the story cool, you know, and and a lot That's of cool. it's accurate if you read all the books and Legs McMill and all that stuff. But they um. That's the spirit of, of of a scene, you know, and I mean, and things just by, by default disappear in the recording studios, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, Brian's still alive, Mackenzie, the whole yeah. Mackenzie, you know, yeah. he's the magic touch, you know, but um. Still making great recordings over there, yeah, too. Absolutely. You know, man, but, but it's not like it was, you know. I mean, even when he first put that thing over there, the scene that was the bands that were coming in to record with him. Yeah. You know, and, and it's probably just because there's no venues. So where – one of the first times I can remember yep. where there's not at least a lazy eye or some sort of hub building doing three sometimes good, sometimes yeah. terrible original music, you know. Because now the kids in the garage and they're like, okay, we're going to listen to 10 songs we can open up for so-and-so at the yeah. so-and-so, you know, and they don't have a so-and-so to open up for it. Maybe the Island Bar, but yeah, I can't deal with the smoke though, you know? Well, I think they just went smoke-free. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Like, like literally for their, they I had their 15th anniversary. Now. They had their 15th anniversary, like, uh, shit, last weekend. Nice. Or earlier this week, actually, and went smoke-free. Awesome. 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 And it, I think it was Thursday night, actually. It and was I'm not, Thursday I'm night. I'm not hating on smokers, man. No, no, no. no. But, me either, man. I but have listen, an I, allergy. I can't be around it. It, like, totally... Because I smoked for years, and I quit, I man. I just... 
I just stopped one day. Uh, man, I, you know, and when you're not around it and you're so accustomed now to playing and yeah. sweating back there, gasping, I mean, I breathe, burn a lot of calories. I mean, especially with spasmatics, man. I mean, it's real high energy. Oh, yeah. If we were doing smoky places with that, I would. Uh, you asthma. Yeah, I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. I couldn't do the gig, you know. And, well, I would even realize that when we were, when, uh, like I, I used to do wild horse used to be smoking mm-hmm. and, uh, there were several other gigs that we did that were just, were a closed room with a lot of smokers. Beach wagon. And, yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I, I remember I never went though, but I remember the beach wagon. Um, uh, the, the sound guy from the beach wagon, uh, Run sound for us at Dead Dog every now and again. Oh, now. Jay, yeah. Jay. Oh, Jay. What was it, Jay? He was there with, with Black Label, different phases. Yeah. There's a handful of guys that yeah, exactly. went in and through those Exactly. Like there was a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of folks came through there. But, <laughs> but uh, just realizing that, and even as a smoker back then, when I would come home and I would just oh, take off man. your shirt and you just smell that, mm-hmm. the, the stale... Marlboro red in your shirt and I'm like, man yeah. <laughs> and then you then you're losing your voice yeah. so much as you don't realize how breathing in that much smoke on top of being a smoker. I know, man. It's and, weird. Yeah, it, it I ruins kept your voice. the sinus infection like every couple of weeks I was Same doing here. some sort of sinus stuff and I then you know, knock on wood, but yeah, you know, there's got to be a link with that. I mean has to be and thrilled i mean that's one thing i started playing charleston more because it went smoke free down there so early on and then you know naturally the group i'm i play with the space out of there so we most of the stuff but i'm glad to hear that it's finally you know i love the island bar and what they were doing there but i tried to go see the envelopes the one of the last time and i couldn't yeah Man, I love you guys, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. i'm really stoked that they're they're doing that because I, i just i don't think that that's if you look at Nintendos from houses in the eighties that are just yellow next to a, <laughs> you're like, okay, this is, this is what's happening. You know, yeah, you've seen, you've seen the Nintendo, the yellow oh Nintendo. Of course God. you have out of a smoker's house, but and it's, it's just the difference is ridiculous. But, uh, but, but like, so seeing the scene, Back in the day and having the original rooms that would allow original music and, how? Because I wasn't here then. I've only seen it as what it is. When did now. you get here? Like what? what oh six. Oh six. Oh okay. six. I mean, that was still that would have been. Well, I wasn't in the industry. I was working regular jobs then. You know, I was still not. I right. made the occasional open mic. Yeah, but and, I mean, but, but it was happening. It was there. Yeah. was there was a little energy. I mean, I'm, I was the um the place up there on the you know right off of. I can't remember the name of it now. That's how I mean. That's how long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they were like you know they were doing big bands would come through. I think the, yeah. the Misfits came a version of the Misfits came through, and I mean, and Faster Pussycat. Yeah. What's the name of that place? Right up off the highway in the in that uh, little section right there where um the underground and like uh, the tavern was it on Broadway? It's, it was it yeah the tavern, but it was kind of up from there. I cannot remember the name of this place, man, and it was. I played there. (laughs) Huh. I don't know. That's how fast they come and go, though. I mean, it's like you remember, you know, they're way back, man, like Mr. Yucks in the 90s. (laughs) I mean, when the after deck, the Purple Gator, I mean, Seth Funderburg has a theory about the House of Blues coming, and then all of a sudden big shows weren't happening at the after deck or the Purple Gator because, you know, you had Live Nation, the House of Blues, sort of the – 
mafioso. Well, okay. We're going to get the big bands coming through. And they don't even do that anymore. You know, I know. Now it's tribute bands. But it, there was a while that, you know, what might would have gone to the After Deck yeah. or the Purple Gator. I mean, the Ramones played the Purple Gator. I mean, Holy shit. Madison played Purple Gator. You know, it was really? just a big Where was concert. that? The Galleria Shopping Center. Oh, uh, okay, way. okay. By Rossi, it or, uh, it's probably a church now, <laughs> dude. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I just went. Oh, we'll close the doors, dog. We might not. Nah, if it's if it's the one up behind like CVS and all that stuff, <laughs> it was a church. It it's called Seacoast Vineyard, I think. Church, right now. Whoa! We're gonna catch that nine minute delay, Johnny. But not nah, stranger that, things. Indeed, stranger things have and will and are happening. But but that's just I I hate to hear that there was because I mean maybe maybe Bourbon Street is is, yeah. is pretty good with the uh, with the original stuff and the, other than Bourbon Street and Island Bar, I don't really see a lot of other places around here that are advertising original music no you know you're exactly right and i mean is how big is the pool i know brian rossler oh, and, and you know great songwriter i mean and i worked with some of those folks on that Eventide thing and got to know and saw that there actually was a little more songwriting originally yeah. going on than i even but it's uh, you know someone says if it's gone deeper in the underground or you know that they don't have you just said it earlier though i mean this is a jimmy buffett town and the bands yep. i mean if you're going to talk music business and keep, walk that fine line in between making a living but still having some credibility, yes, exactly. The rest of the world is finally catching up with Uncle Tupelo now, you know, which is awesome. Ah, <laughs> how you like that? <laughs> Great. I mean, that's uh, I'm going where that stuff, man. I mean, so you, good. If we would have had a music conversation from 99, 2000, and 2001, I would have, in the middle of summer, would have been wearing a gabardine western shirt, man, talking about nothing but Graham Parsons. <laughs> man, it's so funny. Now, now, do you – I've because I, I do that. Like, I will go between different characters, if you will. Oh, yeah. And every, every couple of years, I'll – get bored with the character that I've been playing for a little <laughs> while and I'll change it up a little bit. And the show business, man. is that, is that yeah. a normal, like I've always just thought that, is that just a musician thing or is that like a me thing or I know, man, I think everybody I've had similar conversations with a lot of my musician buddies that we get, you get into something and then you dig deep and you're like, really, you know, how deep do you go in that? Yeah. I mean, and, and like, the roads that lead you back to the Velvet Underground. It may have been REM that turned me on to the Velvet Underground in the 80s. And yeah. before I knew of Lou Reed, you know, it could have been the, the past that led you there, you know. And, I mean, it doesn't take long for the roads to lead back to Grant Parsons if you start talking about Americana and all kinds oh, of yeah. that. I mean, it's like kind of he birthed it almost. Now, I haven't gone down that road yet. I probably should do that. There's some good stuff, man. I love is that the like the, is that the Is that the mouth of where this, this river starts? Pretty much. It was that sweetheart of the rodeo, Birds, you know. He was in a thing earlier than that, the International Submarine Band, that okay. Lee, Lee Hazelwood produced their record. And that was actually the contract that he was tangled up in when he, he was there, there recording a member of the Birds for Sweetheart of the Rodeo. But they couldn't release his vocal at the last minute. If you get their original album that came out in the 69 or whatever, it's... That is you the won't birds? hear. You won't hear. They are the birds. You won't hear Graham on it. And now they've kind of reissued it. Yeah, brought his vocal up a little bit. You know, he was under some, some kind of 
management contract with the record deal with the uh, yeah. submarine band. But he kind of birthed the whole, you know, country okay. rock, Americana, uh, cosmic Americana, cosmic American music. That's what he called it, cosmic okay. American. And, I actually may have that. Somebody handed me a, like, I get stacks of vinyl from people all the time because I'm such a proponent of it. And yeah. somebody handed me a stack of vinyl that had a couple of Birds records in it. It might be Sweet one of Sweetheart of the Rodeo is a good one. And then look up some Flying, Bur- the Flying Burrito, Burrito Brothers. Brothers, man. The first yeah. two that he's, you know, when they were on the suits, man, Sneaky yeah. Pete. And Chris Hillman from the Birds, you know. And I didn't realize all of those guys were connected. It is, man. It's like California country thing, you know. I love California country. You see, I've always called like Dwight Yoakam mm-hmm. and Buck Owens and just that, that. I love that. Yes. I love that. Me too. I love that sound. And and the Winchesters did that for me. Like, I, I'd always loved classic country, obviously, because I'm from Bennettsville. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. It's, I've, I grew up hearing outlaw country. Like, that was just, that was part of life. Yeah. And, uh. Just jumping into jumping into that Winchester's gig totally altered. And I told Cam and Gentry this the other day that that totally altered me as a musician. After that, like, yeah. I was like, okay, like before I did the Winchester's thing, I sort of hid from my twang and was embarrassed of the Southern sound. Just because you know, because yeah. I always listened to Death Cab. And uh, like Death Cab for Cutie and uh, yeah, man, like emo early two thousands mm-hmm. emo music, and that, that was my too, that was my shit. And I was I, I, I assumed that because I liked that, that's what I wanted to sound like. So I sort of tried to push that twang away a little bit, and the Winchesters like pulled that right out of me. And yeah. it's like, yeah. oh no, you you going we're we're honky tonking here. <laughs> and Seth was the one, and and God, thank God for Seth Thunderbird oh, as well, trying to get him in to do an episode. Oh, that would be a great one, man. He's, yeah, five hours. Yeah, you need it, man. <laughs> but but like, uh, he was the one that that'll always say exactly what needs to be said, mm-hmm. whether or not you're going to like it or not. Yeah, and I, I I really appreciate that quality in people, especially like like if he if he he has no problem in the world saying that was a good song, but man, you need to need to put that country in it because it's country, you know. Like don't don't try to don't try to hide it. And then of course I get into Jason Isbell, which leads mm-hmm. me to uh, oh yeah to outfit by the truckers, and it's like you oh, know don't yeah. don't sing with a fake <laughs> British accent. Or you know, or, or uh, there's nothing wrong with putting a little British. And I mean, if you, I do it in Lucy in the Sky. Got to, yeah. You know? And I mean, and, and I'm a big Jonestown Massacre fan too. I mean, that's to me is probably one of my favorite. Oh, Brian Jonestown, I love that band. I, I mean, see, really I see the do. shirt all the time, but I never went down that road. Well, that's a that's a long, long road. That guy puts out records like every couple of months. I mean, he talk about somebody that has. Built, is he still doing it? Oh my God, yes. His last record's one of my favorites. I mean, it's like how. You can't really name a lot. Tom Petty was yeah. one. The whole catalog, yeah, not a bad song. Close your eyes, pick an album, and point exactly. to a song, and it's going. to But Anton Newcomb is one of those to me, you know. And I think he's got a pretty large following, you know. And and yeah. but you go all the way back to their first records in the mid '90s, you know, the Brian Jonestown Massacre, and yeah. all the way up to the record that just came out last week or you know last month. I mean. He, Got to, I mean, he's just churning and burning them and putting them out, and he has built up that. And I think he lives in like Berlin. And then the wow, band gets together and tours the states every summer, and you know, and that's awesome. See, like I, I, Dylan does the same thing, but like Dylan, sorry, 
Dylan releases as much garbage as he does like gold. Every, I don't. I'm me. not a fan of every one of his records. Like know? I think Dylan did to folk music what Miles did to jazz. Like he did as much to help it as to hurt it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's it's like folk people now do a gig and they think that they're supposed to just play their songs and not speak to the audience because that's what Dylan did, mm-hmm. and that's not exactly good for a lot of. Th- like I don't know. I, I I guess it's because I'm a talker. But I want to, and I, I feel like to build a, a relationship with a crowd musically is one thing. But if you can also get them to like see you as a person and have a conversation with them in a right. way, I feel like that connects you to a different part of their brain mm-hmm. and makes you more memorable. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and I I, I don't know. And I, that was totally just a side thought. But <laughs> uh, but, here but you got to have a, everybody connects. All of the greats connect with their audience. There was something about them, something about the Beatles, something about the Stones that connected with people. But yeah, you know, Jagger didn't act like. Paul McCartney on stage or yep. whatever, and Dylan was that was Dylan's thing to be you know all weird and introvert and yep. you know, but anyone tries to do it after him, they sound just like Dylan. And then you know who's the who's the uh, Led Zeppelin sounding band right now? We've never heard oh of Zeppelin. Oh my god! <laughs> well, yeah, I know the band you're I talking about, and I'm like, I hate that shit. I'm like, you know what? I've heard it before. You've heard it. They've like, heard granted, it the Black like Angels did it, but they didn't do it trying to sound like Zeppelin. Yeah. It just kind of came out like you do. You do the Black Angels at all? Yeah, yeah. Dude, they like Passover. Yeah, man. Stupid album, but it, it's stupid good album. And and I. I they're I kind hear of part them, of that uh, scene, that whole kind of Jonestown. There's a those roads yeah. are connected. What the emo scene you were just talking about, yeah. the alternative, you know, alternative, whatever that means today. Yeah. But I mean, but it, it's you know, it, they all intertwine, man. You know, all yeah. that stuff. Well, Brad, and I played a gig with Bradley Suggs the other day at the, at the pier with me, Bradley and Chip. Oh yeah, and and Bradley was telling me. Uh, that I was like, you know, I never listened to punk much, but I really liked that early 2000s emo. And he was like, man, that's just like a, I've always thought that was just like a subgenre of punk. He was like, that's pretty much just punk rock that that's done a little differently. Yeah. I can totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, that's true. It is. It does have its foundations and you know, the pistols and black flag. I mean, it all, those, that's another thing. But but yeah, that one band, what what uh, Greta Von Fleet. Yes, that's them. Greta Von Fleet. Van Fleet, whatever the fuck. Van, but yeah. Van Zeppelin. I'm like, yeah, Greta Van Zeppelin, there you go. Led Van Fleet. But I've I hear it and everybody's like, dude, you really need to listen to this band. You really need to like this is this is a great band. I'm like, you know what? I've heard it before, I got most of it on vinyl. Like they're a good band. I mean, they can play well together good and hit band. the notes and have the energy, but they don't have what Led Zeppelin had. They're probably not going to go in the history books thirty years from now. No. Like Led Zeppelin is looked at from you know 50, exactly 40, 50 years ago. Ripping off a band's sound is almost as blasphemous as just just stealing their song, like just literally just taking their songs. Yeah, that's a weird. They well, totally stole their sound, man, and that's I get it. But, but the, to, you can't help but have influence. I mean, every, you know, you could start dissecting some of my old four track cassettes and everything back, and you're going to hear what I was kind of listening to. Yeah, at the time. yeah, yeah. yeah. Know, well, I've kept some sort of multi track unit. Yeah, you know. But if I did something that sounded just like you know, 
anarchy in the UK. When you notice it, you change it. And I said, right. I've never heard of the Sex Pistols. I don't even know who you're talking about. Yeah. You know? And I wrote this song on my own, you know. I am an anti you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like, I, I came up with this. Like, and I, I have a... I have a theory on that, or not a theory, but just my personal belief on that is that if you come up with something in your own mind and it just so happens to sound like something else that you have never heard, right? Then that's 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 there's some grabs, theories, there's some theories yeah. on that that the, the ideas and stuff's floating out there, and absolutely, you know, people just, just sort of grab them and then you can be working on two pieces. Well, they said you know people can be working on two stories, short, short stories, yes, on different parts of the you know the world. And then they come together and say, wow, I was, you know, that same time I was writing that same yeah. story, you know, and oh, I was, you know. But. Well, I love that thought because as a songwriter, I will get done with a song and I'll look at it and be like, where did this come from? Yeah. Like where this is not. You went like me. out of body and then yes. did the art and kind of came back and was. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, and, and a lot of those songs, and I've talked about it in episodes before that a lot of them just fall out. Like, like they're done before I realize it. And it's like, you know, cream of uh, cream, <laughs> stream of consciousness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cream of conscious soup. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, We're going to call this the cream of consciousness soup talk. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That is it. But, uh, <laughs> But seriously, yeah, like, I'll I'll sit there and I'll start writing or whatever, and then like ten minutes later, a song is finished, and I I'm like, okay, so I I'm not I'm not in any way responsible for this. I know, yeah, totally. I know exactly what you're. So I 100 percent believe that there's like there's just shit floating around out there, just trying to get out, and it's just like, for lack of a better term, like if you watch horror movies, it's like a demon that's floating around looking for a vessel so that it can get through to the world, like or, or it's, it's an energy force or something like absolutely. that, sort of like channels through you, you know. I mean, I've read some of those, I've watched some of those stuff. Yeah. I've watched some of those stuff, some of those stuff, some of those things. <laughs> no, some, yeah, seriously, it's just I 100 percent agree with that, and. But if you come up with this idea on your own and it is something that you randomly pluck from the universe by yourself and, and that comes out that sounds like something that's already happened, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. But this band and, and, and they turned Led Zeppelin. Yeah, exactly. They, they just ripped off Led Zeppelin's sound and he ripped off Robert Plant's voice. And I'm sorry for, for Robert Plant to like, all right, all right. I saw James Hetfield share this thing. Yesterday, it was these three three girls, like fourteen. Did you see it? I've seen 14, some of that stuff. He shares a lot of like kids and yeah, yeah, covering yeah. Sandman. I did, yes, amazing, and, and it was great. <laughs> the drummer, yeah. dude, the, the drummer, she was like nine or twelve or something like yeah, that. Better and, than Lars. Oh, sorry, Lars. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Lars. <laughs> the best part about Lars are those drumsticks. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, this girl. Or these these girls were awesome, and James shared that, and he's like, "This is this is awesome." Yeah, these Greta Von Fleet—they're grown people. Am I right? Are they grown people? Pretty much. I mean, I'm sure they're pretty much. They're not. They're not kids learning how to play music. They have literally just. Why not just right. be a Led yeah, Zeppelin cover band at that anything. point? <laughs> they're not. Yeah, exactly. They're not oom bopping their way to the <laughs> right. studio, but. 
even Hansen though. Even Hansen. I mean, we all know. We all laugh. Mbop. They're they're mbop laughing to the bank while we go. Carl Hansen and Mbop. You know, dude. I saw them play that song uh, recently on on a Facebook video, and it, nostalgia's sake, I watched the whole thing. How could you not? How Unashamedly. You, not? you know what I think? Here's my theory on this, man. The, where are the great producers? Where are the but you know Butch Vig took Nirvana. R.I.P. Rick Hall. You know, but. It would have been really cool, and maybe it could still happen. I mean, let the little, let that little band, the Zeppelin, yeah, Zeppelin, Zeppelin Junior, <laughs> exactly. But get them, the, you know, a really great producer that can take them and their talent and their sound, their rock sound, but shape something, pull their thing out of it. Maybe they just kind of needed to go do a Zeppelin tribute record, and they'll find their own thing, and yeah, you know, and. and Take it on out. Because, I mean, Led Zeppelin didn't keep rewriting rock and roll. I mean, they did all their orchestra and, the, yep. you know, all that stuff kind of came Every out. album was a new Jimmy Page, branch off that tree. Jimmy Page was one of the top session guitarists and a producer before he put Led Zeppelin together as the yeah. new project. Because he was doing all that session work and played on a million. Yes. All that stuff. That's where the whole bow thing came from. It was some studio overdubs and, you know, that whole... Actually, I didn't know that. He might have. It was a guy from the creation. Hold on a minute. Uh oh, I see Hold something working minute. behind I the think eyes. I remember something about the creation, like making time or uh, um, yeah, with a bow lead. Where that guy played a Les Paul with a bow and did it before Jimmy Page, maybe. So maybe mm. Greta Von Fleet is literally following in their footsteps because that's how Zeppelin was formed. Exactly. Who is what Zeppelin did Keith Moon to say, say about it? <laughs> What did Keith Moon say about it? That'll go over like a Led Zeppelin. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We should probably name the band that. Oh, God. Keith Moon was, and Zach Starkey's doing a fantastic Mm -hmm. job covering those fields, by the way. Yes. Ringo created something good. (laughs) Yeah, man. And I, all right, before I, before I move further, I'll I'll have the salt later because that could go further than I think. I'll finish this first, but. Zach Stark is doing a really good job with filling those Keith Moon things, but man, I don't know that there is another artist who has the who has the horror stories of their their playing time, or not horror stories, but just the things that they did, the outlandish shit that they did than Keith Moon does. Oh God! Like his like driving the Rolls Royce <laughs> into the pool at the Hilton or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. who does that? Oh, man. I mean... That man, animal? Can you imagine somebody trying to pull that today? Like, the little drummer from Greta Van or something, and all of a sudden he goes on a Keith Moon thing. I would like reading those stories. It would be highly entertaining, but, I mean, yeah. you just don't hear about some rock kid throwing... The ages you. of hotel rooms being destroyed are done, I believe. Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore, is it? No we need television. you to destroy some hotel rooms, guys. We need you to get on top of that. Throw some TVs out the window. Go get your tools. Let's take this flat screen down and throw it through the bulletproof window. Wasn't that like a, wasn't that a thing in, um, yeah, shit. Spinal tap where they didn't even sleep in the hotel room. Like they just showed up and ripped it to shreds and then just <laughs> oh, left. Yeah, maybe so. Or something that, like that. I don't know. I, I know what you're talking about. It might have been Spinal Tap, but something different. But either either way, the the thought that I had in the whole Ringo thing, how do you feel about Ringo as a drummer? I man, you know, I like Ringo. He's got that swing in his right right arm, you know, and yeah. he has a feel. 
He know, brushes the, the feel, highest. F-E-E-L. Yes. You know, and, but, but he does have that kind of swing, the Ringo swing. I, I, it was interesting to learn that some of my favorite Beatles songs may not have even been Ringo drumming, but maybe even, I might be Paul. a bigger fan of Paul McCartney's drumming. Yeah. You know, even some of the early wings when he was doing all the solo stuff, you know, yep. and he was drumming that and you go, wait a minute, that sounds like, yeah, you know, a lot of that later stuff, especially, I think he drummed, you know, when they had the big towels over the drums and yeah. stuff, you know, and that real dead drum sound, you know, and I mean, and. It was real parts. It wasn't just a, you know, hi-hat kick snare and four on the floor. Yeah. It was more parts, you know, like we're just kind of play. It's kind of hard to explain. I wonder if that's why they stopped touring. They always said it was for monitoring, you know, and they couldn't get above the screen. But what if they just didn't want to hurt Ringo's feelings? Yeah, if they wanted to start playing. How would those songs have come off live? I mean, the rooftop stuff sounds good, though, but that was, yeah. you know. But all those songs were pretty... Straightforward. Well, I don't know. Don't let me down's got that pause that yeah. waits for a second. But then again, Ringo's fine with not playing. I think for a couple seconds. I mean, I, I really I love Ringo's. I love Ringo's drumming, man. But I don't know. I, mean, I don't think anybody really does. Anybody really know the songs? I mean, I don't want to see the list of what Ringo played on in the list. Yes, of what Paul McCartney played on. I would like to see that list as well. And and I, I obviously thinking of. Uh, I just thought of this. Ringo was the badass of the band. He was the oldest of the band. And he was like the the one who would like apparently just fight at, at the drop of a hat. He didn't care like if if they had problems getting the money or whatever for a gig, Ringo would be the one to deal with the manager yeah. or or the club or whatever to get the money. And uh so maybe they thought Ringo would just like beat the shit out of them if they told him. <laughs> True. I don't think the Beatles would have become the Beatles if Pete Best would have stayed in there. Yeah. Know? I mean, there yeah. was the four. It was kind of like Kiss. You know, you had four, you know. the R.I.P. Eric. Yeah. You know, but it was, it was, it, there are those great bands and you pull any one of those guys out of the band, and they're probably not the greatest musician in the world. But man, when those guys play together, a magic happens that the that was the sound. session drummer or guitarist couldn't come in to get that sound. REM is another band like that. There's like, I think those that REM sound you couldn't have had Jim Keltner and yeah. whoever coming in doing those guitar parts and drum parts. Michael Stipe's a wizard. Oh man, you know. But I was talking to Daryl High. You know Daryl. Oh yeah, Daryl man. Uh, Daryl, Daryl's great. Me and Chip and Daryl have a Amer- the American Sound yeah, little, yeah. little power trio. That's cool. But um, talking to Daryl and he was like, uh, um, oh shit, who? Uh, shit, what? 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 What was the drummer? We're just. I, I lost that he, thinking about Daryl. Ringo Starr, Zach Starkey. Oh man. man, I totally just lost my thought in the middle of just thinking about the uh, man. I love Daryl, <laughs> yeah. but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second when I remember. But uh, Daryl was telling me something about about some drummer, some random fact that I, I'm sure it'll come back in the world. See, you see, the universe robs as much as it gives you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to stay alert. There's a lot going on out there right now. Yeah, there grab, is. Grab and run. <laughs> yeah, there is. But anywho. I don't know. I, I've always thought, and I haven't even factored in the fact that uh, that Paul could have been playing most of those most of those drum fills and the you, know, you, you hear that the folklore, there, more folklore, urban, you know. And then there's pictures, you know, from you see those pictures where he he's behind the kit a lot. Yeah, know, they're all. You just don't know if they were taking a break or whatever, you know. And yeah, 
And George Martin was a big part of the Beatles, too. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. I believe that a lot of the, they would not have gone, I don't know if they would have gotten as big and as technical with like the orchestra and all that stuff no, if it hadn't yeah. been for George. No, it wouldn't have, you know, he was, happened quickly and efficiently. And back in those days, too, can you imagine trying to bring in, you didn't have a patch on a keyboard that you could get a, you, yeah. know, you had to call in the stream players and have all that arranged. You know, they were, just, you were just going to call them from across town, come in and have the music ready. <laughs> This was called I Am the Walrus. And yeah. It's like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. George's like, okay, we're going to have to do something different here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there was a thing where Ringo was asked one time, like, Ringo, you're the best drummer in the world. How does it feel to be the best drummer in the world? And Ringo was like, man, I'm not even the best drummer in this band. Right. Yeah. I've, I've, I've read that. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, but it had to be those four to become the Beatles, you know, in Hamburg, yes. however it started. And they got him from Roy, Roy in the Storm or whatever yep. the band that he came from. And, you know, and Ludwig. I mean, look what they did for Ludwig drums. I mean, that's. Oh, yeah. The, and not only that, the, guitars the, and, the four-piece kit. Yeah. The four-piece kit, because everybody back in, back in, uh, well, I don't know, maybe this was pre-that. But when, when the big kit showed up, was that 70s more? Yeah, that was probably... And you know those later, and on, on that rooftop, Ringo's using two rag toms. I mean, kits are starting to get bigger, and they're starting to get ah, deader. You know, the single head yeah. stuff would come in, where it's like toms that sounded kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Now, are you a fan of that, or do you do you use any muffle? Do you use like... Depends on the music, man. I I personally like a wide-open drum sound yeah. and minimal miking. Like that's the bottom? What, yeah, that's what I like, you know, and, and ringy drums, ringy yeah. snares. But I also love a big old fat... Don Henley yeah. wallet taped to a flappy loose snare head. Oh yeah, because you know, that works with music and you know. I like the, on the song. I like when I when I when I played Kit. I like the deadened, the dead. I was I would deaden the toms as much yeah. as I could. Just I don't know why, but I like the. I don't know. I just like the and 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 I, I'm a fan of reverb. Obviously, if you if. I love my morning jacket and anything where oh, they yeah. throw like. That's just, what I was just thinking of, man. When you were like, for just some reason, pound reverb into everything. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I love that. But I like to add that. Like uh, when I, uh, I recorded with a Christian band once, and I did. We, he, the drummer, played with really dead toms, but we added a lot of reverb, and it was like. I know it's like digitally doing what the drum could do, but I could control how it's much a it would sound. do that. It is yeah. a different, it's that kind of, that real seventies drum sound, you know? Yeah. And then, then the eighties got real, you know, gated and the big hair metal snares and all that stuff, you know? And that oh real, yeah. You know? Well then the electric drum showed up. That's, and yeah. They were kind of acoustic drums started emulating electric drums and electric drums were trying to emulate acoustic drums and they ended up with the sound. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I couldn't, uh, how do you? How are you on the electric? Can you ever play any electric kits ever? Or have I you? kept I kept a little rolling V drum kit out in my drum room just for rehearsal. For it was the only way, man. That back to the Legends gig because when it makes you hit perfect every. Well, time. when you're in the middle of a show that's running six days a week, yeah, you're already getting the material for the other four or five acts that are going to be coming up in the next month or two. So a lot of it was a lot of my work day was. Wake up, go to Rehearsal Legends, do the show, come home, go out to my studio with the music and the tracks for the upcoming show, yeah. start rehearse for another couple of hours after I got home every night. But I have an electronic kit. I could have my little mixer, and then I had my click in this ear, yeah, my so backing you... tracks in here, and my mix of my electric drums, and I didn't wake up the whole neighborhood either because a lot of my rehearsal was done at like 2 or 3 in the morning. 
Oh yeah, well, and and, and talking about before we got started, being a vampire, man, mm-hmm. like I'm a 100. percent Like my active time is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my active time is is. Yeah, yeah. This is morning. Like this is my. This is this may as well be 10, 11 in the morning for me. Yeah. Because I, I, I but I won't go to sleep until six. Right. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. You know, not so much that now anymore because I'm, you know, I'm working in Mount Pleasant doing hair, yeah, so yeah. I've got to get up on those days and do all that. And, now, do you uh, live here or there? You, I live in Pauley's. Okay. Okay. I'm so you're south end of Hagley, though. I mean, okay. I'm like the last yeah. part of Pauley's before you come to yeah. you know, no man's land there. Oh rich, yeah, rich man's land. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That that is that is all. <laughs> that is not all no yeah. man's land, but that is definitely a rich man's land for sure. But uh, and back in Hagley. Man, Hagley's awesome back there. Well, no, never mind. Disregard that. Hagley is terrible, and there's no nothing left back there. It's all. It's you don't like, want to live there. Don't don't live. You don't there. want anything. You don't want. You don't want any of that. <laughs> you don't want anything to do with that. Uh, so yeah, I, I hate that I can't remember that thing that fucking that Daryl told me because that's that's bothering me. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll we'll come out of that. So going back to the Myrtle Beach scene. And having seen it from what it was to yeah, what it yeah. became, and do you do you feel like that the House of Blues might have been that turning point? It did. Uh, it's uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as when Seth said that, I went, "Well, man, no kidding." The House of Blues popped up, and then all of a sudden, all of the big shows that came through Myrtle Beach were at the House of Blues and the Purple Gator, and then the After Deck, and these other places yeah. that existed just kind of stopped. You know, they just they stopped. You know, I mean, you know, they were no more. You know, yeah. I don't even know what, whatever. They tore the after deck down recently, didn't they? I mean, that building is not even there anymore. They tore all that stuff down. It's, yeah, that does sound right. It's connected back up there to the dollhouse, which I'm not sure if that oh, was ever a church. But oh, wait a minute, yeah, hell. you know what? It could have been. <laughs> the what's funny? Boobiness. What's funny? I, I I don't remember who said this, but somebody said that in Myrtle Beach, the nicest buildings are churches and strip clubs. <laughs> got the most money. <laughs> they, they got the most money. <laughs> Hello, thank you. See, and see, and um, I have an issue with now. Now, like my dad is a very religious person. He he's like a minister of sorts and he has a church in Bennettsville and it's a very small church with maybe 30 members. Oh, wow. yeah. And I know that whatever that church does, any tithe that they get is not going anything negative. But if you've got like these mega churches yeah. with thousands of people per service and there's like, and I'm, I'm a Christian. I love, I, I, I'd love God. I don't throw that out into the mm, world yeah. often because it's I'm spiritual man, you know, because I don't want to be labeled as such because a lot of the, my a lot of my brethren and uh, people in, in Christianity are just, for lack of a better term, shitting on the what this thing is lately, and I hate that, and I I bring that up a lot, but I just I I, I can't get behind these people that are these giant buildings that they don't even own that they're 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 paying x amount of dollars in rent per month and that's where they need this money from and it's like that's why they're bringing people in is that why you're bringing people into the church so you can afford this building or is it to bring people to god because uh seeing the sound systems and the productions i mean there was i sucked i played a couple of those churches man i did some church drumming yeah i I, I was in the church band once and I, uh, I did more subs. I never held a permanent every Sunday, yeah. you know. But I did filled in, you know, at a couple of them around, and and I'd get in there, and it's like, man, you guys have better 
you guys got better shit than legends. And <laughs> they pay. It's like, you know, just the, the whole everything. I mean, yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, it's theater production, you know? And, yeah. and, um, but my thing was, I know where my spiritual beliefs lie and it was hard for me to be on stage and even just take the money for a Sunday morning gig because I didn't agree with a lot of what that, there was a couple of incidences in my mind I'm yeah. thinking of, but, uh, you know, I'm sitting up there behind the drums and, you know, and he starts doing his thing and preaching his views. And I would, I'm back there going like, Ooh, I don't agree with that. Ooh, oh no, I don't agree. Oh no. And I'm just like kind of. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like I you just don't see to me here. Slide out and run out. <laughs> <back forth. laughs> you know, like, but but that was the problem. It's like okay, I'm not a whore. I can't just take yes. the money. I have to believe. You know, even being a spasmatic and putting on a nerd clothes and playing video kill the radio star. That's still fun, and I'll take yeah. the money for that. And I love the guys in the band. But to be on church, you know, my dad was an Episcopalian priest and still is. Okay, know? and. So I have, you know, I mean, I know, I know where I stand. Yes, yeah, same here. In everybody's and, eyes, you know, and I just, I couldn't just take the money and, and do it, you know, go treat it like a Sunday morning gig, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what, and for the same thing that I, that I, that I've said about, uh, doing a lot of the same set list with, uh, and I say we do a lot of same set list. We've, we've gotten away from it a little bit, but just getting bored in, in, in the same thing that you do regularly mm-hmm. and, that making you sick of music, which is something you love. Like I love God and I grew up in church and I graduated from a Christian school. And like, I, I, I love, I've read the Bible from front to back from Genesis to revelation, like a book, right. not just in like, I read it all the way. And like, I, I love this stuff, but just being in the church band, kind of robbed me of some of that because you and I did the church band for a couple of years yeah. like I, I like every Sunday and every Saturday rehearsal for a few years mm-hmm. or a couple of years at least and just being in there and seeing behind the scenes and just going to going to get togethers with people and just seeing certain people that I see in church every Sunday living a certain life and not grant. And I, I realize that everybody's not perfect, but right. if you're going to stand in front of people and, and don't claim to be, Ooh, right. Yeah, right. Don't act like that. Don't like, don't just don't show people that like, if you show people who you are, like I would, I, I've said it a thousand times since I said it uh, on, on the podcast, but I'd rather be honest than liked. Like, I don't care what people think. I just want to be honest. Yeah. That's needed today. You know? Real heavy. It's needed badly. And the truth is needed. The like truth has never been needed before. No shit. Um, we, need a, we need a new... I keep waiting for the new MC5. Where are the kids that are going to hit a stage and be like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just let it rip and let it yeah. hang out in the spirit of, you know, Iggy and all and go to take it back to... Don't stop at Led Zeppelin, man. Let's go all the way back to Iggy. You know? Yeah. I mean, let's, if you want to get radical, let's, now's the time. Now's the time for the new punk rock. You know what I mean? I keep waiting for it. I'm Is like, there... I'm going to lead it the way. I was like, come on, kids. Let's go get them. <laughs> now, it, are we... Because of everything going on in the world now where everybody is just so – the awareness is so heightened, is that – is it possible for us to get back there at I this point? I don't know, man. I mean I feel like it's really needed and it's a wide open time for it. But there's also – I mean you know, people are generally – 
when the Sex Pistols came over and toured America and played the country bar in Texas that the next night Merle Haggard was playing. And I think that's where Sid Vicious took his bass off and slugged the guy from throwing beer at him. Today, if somebody that radical came out going, you know, oh, we're the anti-America rock and roll, they doing like yeah. MC5, would people show up and shoot them dead on stage? That's the issue. And that You're messing fear. with my life. I mean, this is like, I want to make a statement and I want us all to come together and fight about it and argue about it and... Ah, come on, put up your dukes. No, pull out your fucking guns. You know, I mean, it's like I think that's, that's what I thing. think is hindering a lot of art for fear of your <laughs> getting killed. And 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 never in the history of the world has that been the case. I, I don't, don't remember, think. not in my lifetime. You know, I mean, just not, or not in the history of the modern world has that been the case where you could be literally killed for for just your viewpoint. And that's what America was founded upon. So that people could have their own viewpoint. Like I had this conversation with Smitty and he's a Marine. Mm -hmm. He, I, 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 he was saying, dude, if I see somebody on the street stomping on an American flag, yeah, I'll probably fuck them up. And I'm like, but you realize that, and granted, I don't agree with anybody stomping on an American flag. Don't get me wrong. Right. Right. But do you realize that's what they fought for? That's what you're fighting for? You, people, it's, You're fighting I, it's for okay. Their you can be freedom. mad at America right now, can't you? I mean, it's, it's yeah. kind of a. It's kind of a I'm very time. disappointed in I'm, America. I'm very disappointed in our country or the people of our. The, not, not, I love America. I have a Declaration of Independence on my right. wall right there. I mean, I love this country because you can. It's, it's a country that you can exercise your right to be happy or pissed off or exactly. And the yeah. people of this country are trying their damnedest to rob themselves of this right and they have no idea that they're trying to rob themselves of this right they just think that oh because this person doesn't believe like i believe or my circle or this side believes all of these things that i have to believe then those people on that side they don't get the right to do this thing because that's against what i believe but that's what this country is for like so everybody can have their own you can be your own person, and you don't have to fall into a category, but now we're just categorizing everything where there is no need for it. When, Personally, I, I think so. You know, I read something recently that said when we're sitting at a Starbucks and two people are going to start having a political conversation yeah. and a security guard comes over and cracks your knuckles with a billy club, then you know we've hit – the really the bad times, you know, yes. like how unrealistic is it to think of that? That we, would it ever happen? And you're just like, no, that could never happen in America. But now age. you go, I could almost see maybe not quite that extreme at first, but like no political talk allowed in public, you know, it's just like, I'm sorry. Um, y'all can't be talking about that in here in this coffee. Yeah. House. You know, you will have only talks about puppies and babies, you know, or whatever is what's like, funny is there would need to be a sign for it today. But 30 years ago, that was just understood. Yeah. You just don't talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely crazy times, man. I mean, I worry about it now. I've got a 10-year-old daughter, so I, my whole viewpoint of the world is differently because I'm oh, looking through man. the eyes of a daughter. My kid, what's she going to grow up into? You know, so got her on a healthy, steady diet of Ramones. Good. <laughs> and little, little dead Kennedy's thrown in Jello. Brilliant, man. I'm a huge Jello. Jello for president, man. Do it. Do it, man. Run. If any, if there was ever a time when it were possible, it is today. He almost won San Francisco mayor there years ago. Came damn close. The lead singer from the Dead Kennedys, dude. You know I love it when people do that. I love it when celebrities say, "You know what? I'm going to just run for office to see." Obviously, you see how far that can go now, but. 
Yeah, we're, we're we're totally not going there. But he's in, and, and and I've done really well. And even even in life, I don't. And I, I say I'd rather be honest and liked. If I felt a certain way about this whole situation, I would voice it. But I. I'm right down. I'm right down the middle, man. I, gotta I, be, I man. gotta be. I mean, I've got friends in both. I mean, the only two goods, the only sides I practice are good and evil. Yes, good and evil. Absolutely. I don't, we're all just matter hurling a million miles an hour through space on a rock. Absolutely. That's, That's all, all we're doing. doing. All of us, even the little North Korean guy with the. T- that yeah, hair. with the I'm haircut. Trying to figure the, out that haircut. The marching people. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had anybody come in and request that one? Yeah, the, the government officials in all of the countries, none of them have really. I mean, you know, even ours. I mean, the hair is an issue, man. <laughs> we, we shall overcome. This is this is a conversation that needs to be had. We need political hair awareness. A hairness. I fully agree with that. A hairness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, and and you've seen the you've seen the the pictures of 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 ours with the with, where the wind blowing the bat. Like, at what point do you just give up? You know, like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, now you see this a different route. wonderful locks here, but you know what? One, if it if ever it starts to go, it's just gonna go. And I'm, I mean, but he's got the money. I mean, he has the money. He could go a different route. And there are things out there that that, that yeah. are different than what he's doing. You know, the the comb over thing is. I mean, there's I mean, to take hair from back here and put it up here and do all kind of, you know, I mean, yeah. there's, there's, there's stuff, but maybe, I mean, you know, what is great? And I just thought about call? this is like, what if it wasn't there and he just looks like the Hulkster? I think he would be taken more seriously, man, <laughs> if he did just have no hair, you know, and it was just sort of, you know, buzz short everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing That's would probably true. be less. Man, he's, you know, all right, man, I'm just going to shut up. No, nah, well, well, Putin's got that. Putin's got the close, close knit haircut and, you know, he's going, he's no. losing it on the top. You know, I don't think his country cares. No, maybe. I don't know. I don't I'm not know. there. We should probably, should we go further with this? I don't think so. <laughs> probably no. not. This is, this is. That, that's, that's skating into the territory <laughs> where, where we will piss off listeners. Oh yeah. And I've got no problem doing that, but. If we're gonna piss off listeners, I want to. I want to at least do it in a way where we can better our area or whatever have you, rather than like like for the in the music situation. With I really want to, and and there's a few, you know that 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 little area in Myrtle proper right there with Bourbon Street and then Pine Lakes, yep. and then you got like uh, I think Hurricane Maggie's is up there in that area, yeah, yeah. like where Jeff and Jen Thomas are, are at Apron Strings, and then Brian Rossler. Mm-hmm. There, that that little area right there is really cool with allowing a band to do what they want to do. That's true. There is a Pine Lakes. I left them when I was thinking of of places, but it's so hard to take the old droopies and get people back in that back room. They still yeah, they want to the see droopies. you by the ice machine. They're, exactly. They want you to play by the ice and, machine. And, and I said the whole time it was droopies, man, there should be the bands at the back. There's a stage back there. Even, you know, yeah. a little banister that there used to be tables on, which yeah. is now the stage, but people just do not, they breeze through there and then they go back yep. up front and then they have the music playing up front and everything too. So I commend them for allowing shows to happen back there. You know, we had some fun velvet underground stuff back there. You know? Oh yeah. But man, it was hard to keep them to keep it, you know. 
Yeah, see, and now when I play there, it's usually just me and Smitty duo, so they'll put us right by the front door. Like, as soon as you walk in, they'll right. move that one yeah. table. See, now that, now that's it, great. That is. And those people, those, those people really dig whatever you've got going on that yeah. whole area. But that's I, and I love, I love where I live. I love my marsh walk and I, I spent countless hours on this marsh walk hammered as shit before I quit drinking. And Me too. I, no, no, yeah, way back when we probably before it was marsh walk, but yeah, I yeah. mean, Merle's Inlet, Merle's Inlet Garden City has always had its own little hut yes. too. I mean, let's go back to Sandpiper's Magic Bus. Oh yeah, you know there was always. I mean, you can Sandpipers it. had government mule. Yeah, I mean, I I will never forget watching Hootie and the Blowfish sound check hold my hand in the magic bus, which is Greg's now. The little tiny, tiny Greg's Cabana. Yes. Oh shit! It really? Was, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a little tiny place called the Magic Bus. I mean, you'll you'll run into people that remember that, but it was Jane Silver doing. You know, a lot of underground rock. I mean, underground stuff for 88, 89, 90. Holy shit. I mean, and Hootie and the Blowfish, you know, a new bar band kind of floating around. And, and, and that's random. I wonder, I wonder if there's a Hootie and the Blowfish amongst us and we don't see it yet. <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> crazy, well, man. see, this is the thing. It's, if there were a Hootie and the Blowfish amongst us, you probably wouldn't see it because most of us are doing covers. You know, outside of like Sweet Sweet yeah. and yeah. uh, You're right. uh yeah, outside of Sweet Sweet and like Oracle Blue and uh, those guys who are actually doing their own shit and, music, like, right? and even Paperwork who do, who will do covers, but they totally do their own thing with it. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it, you, you got to keep in working. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, we're, we're right back on that. You know, I mean, it is walking that fine line between keeping it. I commend the bands that can kind of keep, keep their original music with the covers. You know, and kind of do do the oh, best. Yeah. You, you don't even see as much of that anymore, though. It's like you know, staying busy, keep staying, staying booked. Yes. You know, if you're a working band, you've got to kind of cater to. Yes. If you have bills and no other job, you have to do what you got to do. You can take a band, the Spasmatics, which they're a franchise band. They yeah. kind of exist in another. You know how that whole thing works. Oh you yeah. Know, there's the Charleston, the South South Carolina one. You yeah. Know? But you can look at the song lists. Take the one from Austin, Texas, or there's one on the West Coast. We met the guy from San Francisco. He was at their Hilton Head show. Yeah. And happened to be on the East Coast. And that's the spasmatics. And he goes, oh, I play in the spasmatics in San Francisco. You know, and we got together and started exchanging notes. And he was talking about the songs that they do. And now, I didn't realize do. that was a thing. Perfect World Entertainment, management company out of Vegas, franchise out. There's spasmatics placed all over the country. Holy shit. So if you got, so how many people have you come up and like, yeah, man, I play drums with the spasmatics. Holy shit. I saw you guys all the time. And do you just, we do saw you, just, you guys in New Orleans last on our honeymoon. Do you yesterday. just play it? Yeah. We just go. Oh yeah. That's yeah. so <laughs> awesome. That's so awesome. Unless it's obvious. I mean, then, then sometimes, you know, we'll get into the conversation and kind of, and, and people sort of more people know than you would think that are like, Oh yeah, you guys, I know what you do. I saw the San Antonio spasmatics at the blah, 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 you know, oh, shit. So do you now, do you guys advertise it with your city or is it just the spasmatics everywhere? Well, it's the spasmatics. And then if you're going to do like your Facebook or whatever, okay, I mean, yeah, ours, yeah. ours is spasmatics SC. Okay. You know? Okay. And, uh, but it's, you know, we book a certain amount of shows ourselves, or Spencer does and kind of the band lead. Yeah. You know? I mean, he runs, he's the liaison between the management and then okay. you know, the, the, 
So we can kind of book ourselves, you know, smaller places, and then the management will actually get us, you know, a X number of good, you know, holy shit things, private events. I mean, we went to Charlotte and played some rooftop thing that was a the tin roof. No, it was up on top of this hotel, real swank, and it was a private party for these. You know, oh man! And this, so they get us for stuff like that, which is, I mean, and you know. Oh yeah, those, those are those are the games, ones. You know. So. Yeah, those are the ones. See, what's funny is. If you stick with it long enough, you'll be able to get to that point to where you can do less gigs, but you make the same amount of money. Work smarter, not harder. Indeed. Work smarter, <laughs> not harder. And if you if, if you stay with it, I think, and like I've said in several episodes past, attrition is key. Mm-hmm. Just sticking in a situation, Stand you know, because all you, all you have really have to do is outlast that's the, the true, man. I mean, really, you know, and stay and, and people like familiar. I think that's why, you know, there's, I posted this little thing one time. You might've seen this and it's the little British guy and he breaks down why modern music sucks so bad. Number okay. one, there's like two or three songwriters writing everything. Yes. You know, and then they talk about all, even in the, just the, the frame of, you know, notes and where they keep modern pop music, why it's so similar. Yeah. You know? And they keep these real familiar because people recognize, they like what they kind of, oh, I, I kind of recognize that. Oh, I like it. I love it. I love the song, even though I've never heard it before. Yeah. Know, the martini girls with her purse and the yeah. spilling her drink on her front. No, that, you know, oh, I saw, but oh, you know what I mean. Were it's, you in Montreal last night? Did you see her? Did you see that girl? Yeah. yeah. So I was just thinking of because I'm like, you know, you picture, I love this song. Yeah. You know, but it's the familiar. They're hearing it for the first time, but it's got that familiar. That's why, you know, the new Taylor Swift songs, they know it's going to sell and be yeah. huge because it's got that same thing to it. And, it. and I, you know, I don't mind people who exploit that knowingly, like a, like a Bruno Mars, for instance, mm-hmm. who realizes this is what's happening. And he's just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Right. I'll, I'll take this money. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'm but fine with that. There's those that can kind of but slip do, through he, with their own thing, though. He, dre- like, he does the dress-up thing, you know? Like, right. he'll he'll come out on stage dressed as Prince and play a Prince song. Yeah, wow. And, like, you know, he, but he's like, okay, this is, I, I, he's paying homage to whoever he's, right. you know, who, whoever he's ripping off. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> paying tribute to. You know? yeah, well, he exactly. was a tribute artist before, isn't, wasn't he a tribute really? guy? He might have been because he's really good at it. I've seen him do that a lot with other characters. He was a tribute guy. And I kind of heard that through the, you know, through tribute world. Okay. That he was, there was some kind of link with him with the tribute thing. Kind of how he got his start. I could totally see that. Maybe. He was, he could 100% be a, I could hear it in his voice, how he could be a Michael Jackson tribute. And there are some. World class entertainers, yes, know, doing the tribute thing, man. And yeah, I met a bunch of them, and they are outside of being a tribute artist to who they're tributing. They've they've got you know some really sp- yeah. spectacular things themselves too. And you you kind of in the back. Sometimes I would be like, I wonder if you weren't just being you know, wonder what could have happened if you would have ever been given the opportunity or the right producer walk into the club and you're yeah. singing and giving you the chance to. There's some really great, great talent, but, you know, living three months here, three months here, three months there, three months here, three months here. Yeah. You know, and living out of a suitcase with a big road case full of Elvis costumes, you know. <laughs> like if somebody would have never gone up to Ray Charles and said, man, I want to hear what Ray sounds like. I, right. I've heard Nat King Cole. Yeah. Yeah. They like, wonder what that world would have been like. 
You're, but you, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that we we need we need uh, legit producers who who will because musicians are very quirky. We're very quirky, and we're also very confident in that what we're doing is the right thing to do, no matter what that may be. You know, yeah, we're, we're right. very confident in that. And now, it takes a lot of. Um, it takes a certain amount of of a constructive criticism that you can be able to have to be able to take to advance musically. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to reach that plateau, and that plateau may be high. You know, that may be you may be a fantastic artist, but there still may be something that you need. You know, somebody to say, oh, "Well, why don't you try this?" Well, man, dude, I mean, I was a big fan of Nirvana, Bleach, and that was the band Nirvana, and an engineer sitting behind the desk at Sub Pop Records going, "Okay, cool, it sounds awesome," you know. Yeah. And but what if Nirvana and engineer from Sub Pop would have gone to make Nevermind the big DGC record, and there was was no Butch Vig? Yeah. You know? I mean, when you watch the making of that record and hear how much input Butch Vig and what a, I'm a huge fan of Garbage, and I think yeah, he's yeah. a phenomenal drummer too, you know. And but he. Like the whole um, something in the way, and just they, the way that what they had to go through to get Kurt's vocals yeah. right, and how to pull it out of them, and how to push them, and how they mix the guitars. It's not big enough. We need to do three more yeah. dubs, you know. And dynamics, right? There were no dynamics. Loud, in the, quiet, loud, quiet. In Bleach, really, it was it was loud. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. You know, and but he really kind of just took it, and yeah, and. Uh, would it have been that same you know, would it have had that same impact? Probably not, you know. I exactly. Mean, like and just even to go back to some of the greatest recordings of all time, like you're saying the Beatles without George Martin without being George there Martin, to say yeah. this. And I didn't realize how awesome George Martin was until the Love album was released. The oh, Cirque Desolet yeah. album. Yeah. Because that was all him and Giles. Yeah. And uh, basically did you know that story where, where Giles wanted to wanted to learn how to work the studio yeah, wanted to be a producer right. so george right. was like if you're going to do it we're going to do it the right way and you're going to mix together all the beatles songs and him and giles got together oh, and yes i did hear that story that's amazing man like imagine that 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 class wow like that that just a few few weeks of work and you know back then man i mean they were sliced when they did when to do an edit there was a razor blade with tape and yes. we're going to cut that track out and retape it over yep. here and put it off and now you just go on your monitor and be like all right that's done garage band is and i i use garage band for everything like even even people will be like oh man you need to use like pro tools or audacity or whatever and i'm like you know what man the the pro tools thing is cool and everybody talks shit about Pro Tools too, but you still have to play those parts. You know, there's not you can tweak things in them. But mm-hmm. I like GarageBand because GarageBand doesn't offer the ability to like alter a note. Right. It's know? probably in there if you the, the, all that you could pop, there's be, probably but, a way you could you know who knows it's. Yeah, you're What's, right. Technology is. I don't trust modern recordings. A lot of times, you hear somebody, and you can kind of hear it in that vocal too, where it does that shared yeah. belief thing, thing, you know. And it's like, yeah, I heard that. You know, modern country. Oof. Oh man, there's uh, the T Pain, the T Pain vocal, dude. No, let's go there. Let's go there because I, I right. listen. What time is it? How am I doing on time, bro? Country, we're 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 a little over an hour and a half. We'll, we'll give this a little. Uh, we're we're at five thirty. Okay, so uh, perfect. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll we're gonna we're gonna come come to a close here shortly. But before we let's do, bitch about some alt, some some new country crap. No, <laughs> let's piss bro country. Let's piss let's off, piss off the people. I'm sorry, young girls. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry, whoever listens to this shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. If you like this new country, and I've said it on the microphone, when somebody comes up and says, do you play any country? I will say, yes, Mm -hmm. we play a lot of country, but we don't do any of this crap that they're putting on the radio calling country (laughs) because it ain't country. No, it ain't. Man, Dwight Yoakam Mm -hmm. back. That's country. Mm -hmm. Marty Stewart today, though. My, there oh, is yeah. a, there is somebody still out there. In oh, oh yeah, absolutely. But yes, I mean it's Marty Stewart is is uh, and, and you know what's funny is a lot of those guys have switched to gospel. A lot of those guys are doing gospel music now. And and you have got you somebody... seen the fabulous superlatives? No. Oh, with Marty, Marty Stewart. Se- and I saw his Seth fabulous see him. superlatives. Kenny Vaughn on guitar and then bassist and drummer. And I, I don't know their names. I should, but man. It is absolutely rock and roll. I mean, I'm, it's it's badass. Yes, it that's is. awesome, man. Telecasters. He's playing Clarence White's B Bender Telly. You know, Kenny Vaughn, who's probably one of my favorite Nashville guitar players, is you know. I mean, they're singing in the same mic. Yeah. I mean, it's rocking like. I you know, like that. Dwight Yoakam, Buck Owens. I mean, it's oh yeah, like that. The good stuff, the real stuff. But dude, that's. That's what we need. We need more of that. Mm-hmm. And and I and I went down for a while I was thinking, you know, like Stapleton is really doing this thing right. And I hate how he did it because he got on the map by doing that cover of the Etta James George Jones mesh. Yeah. With the Tennessee whiskey thing where he took Etta James music and George Jones lyrics. Yeah. And that could have been a producer thing where a producer said, Let's do this. Probably was in and, Nashville. Yeah, yeah, and Nashville guys like, Well, let's do this. Cause his original music, like Fire Away or Traveler or like a Blue Side of the Mountain when he was with uh, uh, whatever whatever the band was that he was in, the Steel Drivers. And I really dug that. But obviously the first week the Tennessee Whiskey hit the radio, I was sick of it. And uh, the yeah. same, there's, just, there's just nothing on country radio that has bent my ear at all. All Stur- they're not going to play Sturgill on country I radio. Thought Sturgill Simpson was going to do it, but he pulled a Dixie Chicks and shot his foot off, didn't he, man? Didn't I he? I think go? he did. He went. You can't. I had, two, I had two Sturgill albums. I had that one, and I had the the newer one, Sailor's Guide to Earth. And I listened to it, and I was like, "This is." I, I'm sorry, Sturgill's second album was not good. I was almost going to say garbage. It wasn't garbage. That cover of In Bloom that he did was good, but that was probably a producer, yeah, producer move. Like, let's cover this Nirvana song. Yeah, yeah. I, the door was open for him to kind of kick it open. And after that Saturday was, Night Live show, when yeah, he just kicked the shit out of everything, yes. and that, like, That's oh, what I was okay, so. On. This is good. But then he he got political and started ranting on the president and all that, didn't he? He went like real anti-Trump or something like that. And it was the maybe. same kind of, you know, and it's like, oh, man, you know, you, you kind of. You are our boy. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. It's just, you know, your audience. Yeah. You know, and you're not. 
it's, yeah. If you want to be in a punk rock band, then go be in a punk rock band. You can bitch about the government and everybody. And it's, it's but if you're going to be a country act and try to convert, know your people from Luke Bryan over to the yes, Emmylou Harris. No, <laughs> you're yeah. You have to. You have to. Uh, what, what is it? What is it? Uh, sell them with sugar or or like a. Whatever it is, like like yeah. like, bring them in with with your yeah. with the sugar, and yeah. then give them the sour. You know, right. like give give them well, three we saw or what four. Happened with the Dixie Chicks, man, exactly. I mean, that was a good now example now. Granted, they did do. they did pick up a lot of other fans, right. like so that would bring other people into. But then then because country music is it's we're this way, this is how it's going to be, yeah. this is how it is. Then that that'll sort of make them more Dixie Chicks fans or Sturgill Simpsons fans and not country music. And I think that the most important thing is, is to keep your industry rolling because yeah. if your industry's not rolling, then you're not needed. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, if you're working within, if you're, if your record deal is on, you know, in Nashville and you're working that machine up there, I mean, I've lived in Nashville a couple of different times, man. And I've quickly figured out that I was not Nashville yeah. material. You know, I, you know, I've got friends. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are out with big acts right now. Yeah. You know, I, you know Sadler, our friend. Oh, I mean, yeah. Sadler's, Sadler's at Isbell. Yeah. I mean, right before Dude. he got that gig. I Leslie. Woo. Yes. Dude. That's who I was Yo, rooting for. Yo, do you have a minute to talk about <laughs> Leslie? I was rooting for those guys, man. Greta, all right. Greta Von Fleet can... You can go listen, home. go on somewhere. You want to talk about a legit seventies band mm, with those like slinky chair, guitar man. cables was, yeah. and giant combat boots and Leslie was it. They were, there was the MC five blue chair that I was just talking about. That was, they, they were, that could have been Leslie, you know, I mean, yeah, really, that, that kind of energy. And, but I did gig with him with, with driving and crying. He was playing yeah. with driving and crying for briefly. And, and I got the old, Call from Sadler. This is a funny Sadler story, man. I'm sitting at dinner with my baby's in a high chair. You know, I was married at the time. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and phone rings. It's like 4 5 o'clock. It was like Sadler. Hey, man, you want to play a gig with uh, Kevin and driving and crying, man? I was like, yes. When? <laughs> when? I mean, you name the place. Can you be in Hilton Head in two and a half hours? <laughs> said yes i can <laughs> I jumped up and threw a kit you know it was like grabbed a kit as fast as i could threw it in the car yeah. looked around and said grabbed the one or two driving and crying cds i had and took off down there you know and it was but i knew he wasn't around long i was like oh this kid's out of here man he's playing with dude and he went as know. soon as he hit that uh he hit the jackpot with his bill yeah he did uh, and he's perfect for Isabel. I mean, he is. They're very similar. Him and Jason's playing style is very, mm-hmm. and here it is now. Like back then, he was definitely more seventies, full on. Yeah, shit he's kicker. smoothed out, man. They yeah. definitely. You can tell some. He's been working with some heavy hitting Nashville guys. Oh yeah, and I mean, they've got him really. You know, he's smooth. He's just good for him too, man. That's yeah. Not, nobody deserves a better such guy. a nice kid or kid. I say. Uh, yeah, he but, was, well he, look, he will always look like a kid. He'll probably be sixty <laughs> years old and still look twelve. You know, or, I know, or, man. I know it. But God, what a what a what a what a fucking great guitar player, Leslie. If you can find any Leslie, uh, I'm going to try to try to hunt down some Leslie to, yeah. to. They had that. I think just one album, right? Yeah, they did like their big the the, the big it's like one, a five EP, five song or something yeah. like that. Like a little short album. 
and then kind of parted ways right after that. And he was, oh, he was gone. They were good. We did this thing at Tito's when I first started, uh, like sort of running Uncle Tito's, mm-hmm. and we had Villanova. And John Wesley Satterfield and the Damn Fine Band. That was Jesse Isley, who Jesse I was, yep, played we, with Jesse my two years before going to Legends. Me and Jesse and Brent Pace had a little trio and bounced all around Charleston. That's how I got to know. And then he goes right off and ends up in Will Hogue. Yeah. And it was... It was funny. Like I, I talked to I talked to Satterfield every now and again, and I'm like, you know, like Reggie went on to do the Reggie Sullivan band, mm-hmm. and Clyde plays with everybody. Yeah. Clyde's a at once, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like Clyde's in like at least a dozen bands, and and plays church gigs every Sunday, and that's just a it, it, monster. Yeah. But I talked to Satterfield, and he's like doing the thing in California. Went down to Tijuana for a little while, and then yeah. came to Nashville, and he's all over. And I was like. Man, everybody around you, but <laughs> it is funny, man. I mean, it's you know, Drew, kid Drew, yeah. But when he left Legends and went to Nashville and with Kelly Pickler gig, within a matter of days, he was playing with Kelly Pickler. You know, it was like it didn't take him long to land him. <laughs> well, nor would it. I mean, but I, I applaud what he's done too. Like he, he's he's wanted to focus on the family life, and yeah. that's. We know what happens, man. You chase the rainbow, and you get to the end of the rainbow, and you think there's going to be a big pot of gold, and you realize it's more like a big pot of poker chips. Yes. The bands, the, mus- the lonely little music, the, the musicians are not making the millions. You love Luke Bryan? Luke Bryan's drummer is not making the money. Making what we make. Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. He's making what we make. I- and, and, like, because the the, the amount of production that goes into that stuff that the yeah they that check that gets written to the conglomerate is huge to the songwriters too. But it the gets, money's in the publishing <laughs> yeah like, that shit spread so wide man it's like yeah too much butter on, or too not enough butter on too much bread it's, it's but it's you know i figured i learned i mean i was offered you know i had so many friends out there doing it and it's like i'm not you know and this is not as saying i could have gone and played with you know i could have been in some i could have been with that guy in the baseball cap and the jeans and the flannel shirt oh yeah i know the guy, guy the guy you're talking about in the big bus i know the guy you're talking I about i could have been drumming with that guy man you know and <laughs> well, dude, not. No, I mean, you, you still could. You 100% still could. You have to up the money on what some of the. <laughs> well, not with the spasmatics. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I've said this. I've said this probably four times in this episode, but like, you control your own destiny, but that is because you're you know so no. fucking good. Well, I'm going to say that. You don't have to. You don't have to. You can shake your head all you want to, but I'm telling you, monster sitting right here. Monster, dude. It's what you don't play. That's what's important. No, that's the well. That's the <laughs> thing that not a lot of drummers you know? get is that the the most because I, I, the drums were my first instrument. The 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 and I play guitar like a drummer. The most important part of playing the drums is knowing when not to play. Mm-hmm. But you, obviously, I don't know anybody that makes the most out of when they do play <laughs> like you do. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I, I have fun. to say this because like, The true. music will tell you what to play if you're just opening yourself up. And it'll, you know, yeah. If you can hear what's there before you even play it. I mean, you've had multi-track stuff around. I mean, when you're mixing a song and you can kind of hear the part that's there, even before you record that part, yeah. that's there. it'll tell you what needs to be there, what not to be there. And just, just have the songs play themselves. You, they just need your help right. a little bit. Exactly. Look at it like that, man. 
All right, we got about an hour and forty five minutes of content, man. Good I'm gonna let you me. get on out of here and go to go to the dead dog. I'm gonna come down there. Uh, Watch, I'm probably gonna suck tonight. I'll be like, oh, I can't play tonight. No, <laughs> I don't think that that is Tommy. That is not a possibility with you. Play left handed, just for fun tonight. <laughs> you see, he could do it. Don't let him fool you. He could do it. He could fucking do it. Anyway, uh, so I always let the guests give three things to watch or listen to that the that listeners wouldn't normally listen to, like through mainstream or through they wouldn't find elsewhere, like something that you would offer to them that they might not find elsewhere to listen to or watch. Do you have any any uh, watching anything interesting or listening yes, to anything interesting? Yes, yes, the Brian Jonestown massacre, Dick up Anton Newton stuff, all of it, all the recent stuff. There's, and if you want to watch something really cool, there's a clip he did with uh, for Anthony Bourdain's show. Oh, he cooks shit. dinner for Anthony Bourdain, and then they kind of give the history of the. You know, he's the great white hope man for rock and roll. He is the torch carrier for for that really stuff that you know, we all love so much. What album would you suggest? All of the above. All of the above. All of them. You can close your eyes, throw a dart, and you'll you know. You'll, if it sucks you in, you know, if you'll go down the rabbit hole with all of them, just like I do. I hear you. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff there now. A lot of records. Well, good, man. Be kind to animals. Stop using plastic. Be kind to animals. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I made the switch, man. I've, I've, uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't know if you would bring. I've actually washed and filled this this tin up with water here, just oh, in case. Man. I, now you tell me. No, nah, well, well, I. I <laughs> I, I don't even think about it because people leave so much like alcohols and things like that. Cause I don't I don't drink and I don't, I don't either, man. Yeah, so I mean, how how long how long has it been? February February twenty third two thousand and twelve was the last sip of wine I took. Congratulations, man. Mine is Leap Day. Really? Leap Day two years ago. Ah, awesome. So I like, remember you. I remember you when the time on Facebook when you were when you were doing, yeah coming to do it on your two weeks or something. I'm yeah. It's awesome, man. It only gets easier. That's what I Yeah, exactly. And then you the, don't miss it. The longer you drink, the longer you don't drink, the less you miss it. Club soda with lime. That's my drink at the bar, man. Yeah, I'm, I've been trying to do the water. I don't know. Try not doing soft drinks or fast foods or anything like that either. I've been trying to, dude. I've done nothing, no exercise or anything like that. But I've quit eating fast food and I stopped, obviously because of no fast food that cut out a lot of soft drinks. I mean, yeah, I have a ginger oh, yeah. ale, yeah. which I don't really count. I do sparkling ale. water, like club soda, yeah. little sparkle, you know. Those little yuppie Mount Pleasant drinks. Oh yeah. You know, the... <laughs> oh yeah, I know what you're saying. Lacroix. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm... There's a few Lacroix in this refrigerator, but it's not that. It's good stuff. Anyway, I'm gonna let you get out of here. Going down to Dead Dog. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I feel like we're just hanging out, man. You know, we're definitely just hanging out, man. That's a, and all we made it through this with the zero bullet points, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting there. See, I, we're getting further into this podcast thing. I'm, I'm a, I, I used to hide behind like just reading a list of bullet points or whatever, you know, to keep me on topic. Not anymore. We don't need it. All right, guys, we're getting out of here. Ciao. Be good to animals. Recycle your plastics. Recycle your plastics. Recycle your plastics. Peace, bitches. <laughs>